0: Welcome to the Guys From Podcast, just two guys answering the internet's questions.
1: I'm Sean Cordingley, And I'm David R. Smith. Today's question comes to us from Heather, who's asked us about the best debut albums of all time. Different. Very different. And something we don't often get to do because we can't really talk about music, like favorite songs or anything, because we don't have the license for any of them.
0: Right. So to we're, put them in and then...
1: Uh... Yeah. So it's it's a real nuisance to have to do, whereas this one, we're just talking about albums. We can talk about the songs that are on the albums, but... sure. We don't have to ever play them, which is kind of awesome. And so I was like, yeah, this is sweet. Plus, plus, it came to me and not Sean, which most of them do. So this is like my second.
0: When was the Seinfeld one? Was that also this year? Is 2017 the year of Dave?
1: (laughs) I can't remember. It was either late last year or Or early early this year. year. I can't remember when Justin asked for it. But it was somewhere within the last six months, I would say. Yep. So... Feeling good, you guys. (laughs) Feeling good. So we, first of all, we need to apologize for the background noise. Uh, It is stormy as hell right now.
0: Yeah, so this week, and probably next week, you are going to hear some wind and rain noises. Yeah,
1: and there's not much we can do about that.
0: I'll try and limit it, and I'll try and bring it down a little bit in editing, but there's only so much I can do, so.
1: Yeah. Because we
0: don't have a soundproof place to record.
1: No, unless we built, like, a blanket fort around here, which would just be really weird. Why have we not been doing that for every episode? (laughs) Because blanket forts take forever to set up. So it'd be, like, two hours of us setting up. But between the
0: two of us, and we're better at building blanket forts now than we were when we were originally building blanket forts. That
1: is fair. All right, next week. Two weeks from now, I'm bringing a duvet and just all <laughs> the things to keep. Of course, that'll be the hottest day of the year, and it'll yeah. just be stifling in your apartment. <laughs>
0: yeah. Not only is it not soundproof, it's
1: not air conditioned. <laughs> this is the worst idea we've ever had. Ah, sweet. <laughs> okay, well, we decided that okay. we could do a, a top ten. We could. But there's just a lot of interesting conversation to be had with these albums, and so we just felt like this was one of those situations where maybe we'll just have a conversation.
0: And there will literally be no surprise about Dave's top album of all time. Talk Top right. debut out. Like, there's there's no way, if anyone knows you, which specifically the person who asked mm-hmm. does, or anyone who has listened to any podcast other than this one, should know what Pretty your top much. album is.
1: Yeah, Yeah. There might be the odd exception where I don't mention Pearl Jam, but... They're they're rare. They're they're infrequent. I try. It's like a Simpsons reference. I try to get a Pearl Jam reference in there as often as I can.
0: Well, and there is that that podcast where I was super super sick last summer. Yeah, and I was just like, Dave, talk about Pearl Jam while I'm gone. Okay. So
1: so I did. Uh, so we figured that's as good a place to start as any because we both know that it's going to be on there. It, like when Heather asked me about my my top debut album of all time I asked if it was cheating if I picked Pearl Jam 10 yeah but in all the lists as we were doing some research for this in all the lists that I found it comes up yeah it It, does it can't not come up I mean the interesting interesting thing about albums is I was thinking about other artists and I was thinking about like Bob Dylan's debut album is fine it's only okay yeah it's not as good as the Freewheeling Bob Dylan which I think was his second one or Blonde on Blonde or anything yeah. uh, um, uh, Highway 51 Revisited what like all of those albums are infinitely better than I can't even remember what it's what his original one is called but I was thinking about because that yeah. was my first one was like is the Freewheeling Bob Dylan his first one and it's it's a bunch of folky songs and kind of Covers and just remixes or rewrites of songs. Traditional stuff. Traditional stuff, exactly. And so it was only okay. It's not the one that you feel is quintessential.
0: Yeah. I also did some of that where I thought about artists. And uh, I know I do have, I don't remember what it was called, Greetings from Asbury Park, New Jersey for Bruce Springsteen. And it's fine, Mm -hmm. but it's not as good as his later stuff, Billy Joel. I also look for Billy Joel because he's awesome. But his first album, I didn't even know. (laughs) Right. And that's the thing is a lot of artists who... Whereas the second one was Piano Man. It's like, yep, there's Billy Joel.
1: Yeah. Well, I think about the Tragically Hip, whose first album, I love it. But I remember it was like the, the Phantom Power Tour or the Music at Work Tour. And there was a breakdown of, at that point, every Tragically Hip album ever recorded and the person rated each one of them and and the their first album he gave it like a one point four a one point five out of five and at the end he said this is gonna be Canada's iconic band are you kidding me? And then the next one I I think their their follow-up was up to here which has Blow It High Dough, 38 years old and New Orleans. And so a lot of times a lot of artists they record something but you know they're doing it on the cheap or it's kind of a self-produced sort of thing to try and get it out there. Yep, and then that second one is the one that propels them into stardom. Yep, whereas with Pearl Jam, they recorded they they recorded Ten in about three weeks, and all of a sudden they were one of the biggest things in the world.
0: Ten is still my favorite Pearl Jam album. Right, Uh, no other album of theirs comes close. Now I'm nowhere near the Pearl Jam (laughs) fan you are. Sure, which we have
1: well established. Obviously, yeah.
0: But I do like Ten. I own it in its entirety.
1: Yeah, and it's. It's a fabulous album, and beginning to end, it is just tremendous.
0: Yeah. Whenever I'm making fun of you for something about Pearl Jam, what song do I use? Jeremy? Alive. Oh. It's always alive. Fair. <laughs> it was one of the two. Yeah, but the lyrics for the chorus of Alive is so easy for me to put other lyrics into right. because of the meter. That's fair. Um. Remember Backspacer? When Backspacer was coming out and I wrote a song about Best Buy set to Alive?
1: <laughs> yes, I do now. Yes, <clears throat> and don't get me wrong. Like backspacer and lightning bolt? lightning bolt are okay. Yeah, I'm really hoping that the new government might make the the new album a little bit more angry and a little bit more like riot act, which was a lot more about George W. Bush and you know a lot more disgruntled and kind of that that edgy. I just completely skipped a thought, but the problem is. Pearl Jam they're not 20 25 30 years or 30 years old anymore. They're no. they're 50. So their lives have changed. It's you know at a certain point you don't you're not as angry as you used to be.
0: It's true. Eddie's got his sandwich shop. Like Better's everything's <laughs> There's a throwback to an old episode.
1: Yeah. But the the thing is like Pearl Jam 10 is the re, it, to, to me it's it, it is still my all-time favorite album. Okay. Now it's weird because I wouldn't even consider it my favorite Pearl Jam album, despite the fact that it's my favorite album. It's the reason I became a Pearl Jam fan from a from a emotional standpoint, and for a reason like it is the reason why I love Pearl Jam. Okay, sure. I think that No Code, in my opinion, is a better album. Okay, but Ten is 10. Mm, 10. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> ten, ten is, is 10. ten. It's the reason why they're why they got so iconic, and I mean, versus their second album sold 500,000 copies in the first day or something like that because everybody was so excited about their follow-up because of how monumental 10 was. Yep. And you think about like Nirvana who came out around the same time In Utero was good and Bleach was good but Nevermind Nevermind was the album album that
0: Nevermind is the album. Right? Exactly.
1: And so I love and I love their earlier stuff but it is 10 is the Pearl Jam album. There's a yep. lot of people when I talk about Pearl Jam, even on Facebook and stuff, people say, "Oh, yeah, I, I, I loved, it. I loved Ten, but kind of everything else after that tapers off." And like, so there's some people who Nirvana, it's I like In utero, I like Bleach, but man, I love Nevermind. Whereas Ten was, they started off hot, and in a lot of people's opinions, they never achieved never lived up to it. Exactly. Again. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, that seemed like a good place to start. Yeah. And now we can get rid- we've got my Pearl Jam out of the way. <laughs> So, we can't talk about that It was
0: again. shorter than I thought it was going to be, <laughs> for what it's worth.
1: <laughs> well, we do have a lot of... I'm looking at your list right now going, <laughs> there's a lot of other stuff that we need to get to. Well, we don't need to get to all no, of it. No, not all of them need to be talked about.
0: I'm trying to see if I have, on my list, if I have anything else from 1991. And I don't think I do.
1: Uh, I don't... I, I certainly don't. Mine is either well before or well after. Although I'm not sure about Alice in Chain's facelift or Stone Temple Pilots' core, those are right around there as well. But okay. we don't necessarily need to talk about those at, at this point. It was just when I was talking about favorite albums and and like, sure, facelift is terrific. You got to you got
0: time now. Go for it. You brought them up. <laughs> Which one do you want to talk about first?
1: Uh, let's talk about Alice in Chain's facelift. Sure. Um, it's <sighs> the first. It, it's one of those albums where. I mean no. Oh, so now <laughs> we have Storm and Sirens. Uh, <coughs> it's the Storm Police. Right, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> storm chasers. <laughs> Where's Dusty? That was his name, right?
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it was.
1: Awesome. Facelift for Allison Chains was another one that kind of launched them. I mean, Jerry Cantrell and and Lane Staley were both kind of in their own groups. Right. And Jerry Cantrell, I think Lane Staley asked him to be in his like He was in a swing type group And Jerry Cantrell, he asked him to, to play guitar for that he's like, yeah, only if you sing for this other group That I'm in, and then all of a sudden We got Alice in Chains And I mean, the album kind of falls off towards- oh, My
0: brain went way different with when you said Swing group, but okay oh. I'm like,
1: Odd <laughs> But not a swingers on. group, but yeah. a swing group, like ba doom boom, 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 but like it was a swing jazz type type group. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm back with you now. It. Okay,
1: perfect. I was like, why why I mean, yeah. <laughs> I understand that Allison Chains and Swing Jazz does not really go hand in hand, but I don't know why you're looking at me that Oh <laughs> yeah. 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 So anyway, um the the first the, this, the the latter half of the album, I guess the B side of the album, is okay. Uh, yeah. But the first five, six songs, uh, We Die Young, Man in the Box, Sea of Sorrow, Bleed the Freak, I Can't Remember, and Love, Hate, Love. Those first three, We Die Young, Man in the Box, and Sea of Sorrow, are to me just three of the best opening songs from any album. Okay, sure. Um, They just, they kind of kickstart you and you just know what you're in for when it comes to Alice in Chains yeah now it's one of those groups where I would say that Jar of Flies or oh I can't remember the other one offhand anyway there's a couple albums I think are probably better than Facelift but as far as a, a as like an opening couple songs to give you an introduction to this new grunge alternative type band sure I yeah. feel like Facelift is a really good way in with that and those three songs in particular are just a great way to get you in there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why if this was on my, if this was a top 10, facelift would have been upper end, like eight, nine, 10, somewhere around there. Yeah. Okay. But it certainly would have made my top 10.
0: Cool. hmm Do you want me to throw one in here just as sure. we're kind of in, we're kind of in the grunge yeah. sort of era? Yeah. What about Blind Melon? Yeah. Right? And I know most people only think Blind Melon, they think No Rain. Yeah. But both Dave and I have had conversations before. We're both fans of their later, like, Soup. Mm-hmm. Soup is fun. Right? Uh, but, yeah, that first album what with it? Change and oh. No Rain and Tones of Home and, yeah. yes, it is the one that everyone knows. Yes, it's the one with the little girl
1: and the Blee, the b ble- the bee, <laughs> bee costume. Yeah. 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 Which... I'm not sure. Pearl Jam. Here we go again, bringing the fact they have a song on their on Lost Dogs, which is an album of all their B sides that never got put on other albums. Right, called B Girl. Okay, and it's I don't know exactly the context, but I'm sure it has something to. I'm sure it was written probably around the time of uh, Shannon Toon? Hoon. Hoon. Yeah, I knew it was. Yeah, around his death. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but it's like B-Girl, you're going to die. You don't want to be famous. You want to be shy. Do your dances alone in your room. So it's like it's all about the B-Girl, I'm sure. But yeah. anyway, that album is so, so good because it's got the rock, but it's kind of got that funky feel to it too. Yeah, like because they are psych rock,
0: yeah. essentially. Not quite psych, but there's elements of psychedelia in
1: it. Whereas like – because when you think funk rock, you think almost like – rock from that era that is funk you think like the the funk slap of um of flea in red hot chili peppers yeah like yeah, they yeah. had a real especially blood sugar blood, blood sugar sex magic blood sex sugar magic one of those two Why, whatever it is yeah. uh, they had a real funky feel to to some of their earlier stuff yeah uh, whereas this one has like that psychedelic that, that funk that grunge like they were a sound unto themselves yeah and his voice was awesome
0: yeah Shannon Hoon has a Oh,
1: and that's man. why I, it's interesting that you brought him up after Allison Chains because Lane Staley also has a very unique voice.
0: It's literally why I thought about <laughs> it. You started talking Allison Chains, and I yeah. looked at my list and went, "Wait a minute,
1: I don't have Blind, blind Mel- Melon." And this is the thing: is when you look at these lists, and one of the one of the albums on my list is not anywhere to be found on any of these. Breakthrough albums Or breakthrough debut yeah, Rolling albums Rolling
0: Stone and NME And yeah. a bunch of places Have done lists for that. Yeah this. so yeah.
1: we got a lot Of our stuff from there But we also drew From our own personal tastes Definitely And Blind Melon I'm glad you brought that up Because I would have felt Like a schmo If I hadn't have thought About as that As soon as one. we were
0: done One of us would have I would have turned on iTunes While we were setting up <laughs> And then gone oh crap There's all of Because I have the whole Discography yeah. of Blind Melon On it's my iTunes released, Like three albums or yeah, something Yeah Nico Soup And Blind Melon Yeah then you can get the best ofs or whatever sure. if you want to with B sides and things. But yeah,
1: yeah, uh, that's kind of it. I know you have Pretty Hate Machine on your list. Yes, which is also, I mean it's it's the same era of music. It's certainly not grunge. It's something no. completely unto itself. Yeah, but I know a lot of my friends who are listening to that style of music, like to, who are listening to grunge music. We're also listening to Nine Inch Nails.
0: It's it's like goth grunge, kind of.
1: Yeah. Goth grunge metal. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's 89, so it's actually it's a little sure. earlier than the grungy kind of stuff. But it was a response to all of that glam.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, I've got... We don't need to talk about it because I know you're not a huge GNR fan, but I've got Appetite for Destruction, Sure. which yeah. was 87, I think, if I if I had to guess. It's
0: a good album, too, that because that is Paradise City, right? Yep. Yeah. So
1: Slash is a great guitarist. Uh, July 21st, 1987. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so it had Welcome to the Jungle, It's So Easy, Mr. Brownstone, Paradise City, Sweet Child of Mine. If you like Guns N' Roses, you love you like this album. album. Yeah. I'm going to see them at the end of August, and I'm so excited and cautiously optimistic because it's Axel and who the hell knows. <laughs> but this album is spectacular. So this was, they were kind of glam rock, but also metal.
0: Do you think he and Slash will get in a fight, leave, and then the other guys will do show tunes for the rest?
1: Just like uh Kiss. Kiss. <laughs> 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 Now's our chance. Pardon me, boy. Yeah. Sad new to choo-choo. Well, if we don't get a Simpsons reference, we got a Family Guy reference.
0: <laughs> We're going to get a Simpsons reference. Um, I am almost positive we are going to get a Simpsons reference. And I know why. Uh,
1: yeah. So anyway, Appetite came out in 87, and Pretty Hate Machine came out in 89. I was looking that up right now just right. to see. But yeah, it's it's so much darker than yeah. anything else that was coming out at that time.
0: And Head Like a Hole remains to be my favorite Nine Inch oh, Nails song. Oh, it's so it's good. So, have you ever seen Tangent, mm-hmm. Me, Weird? What? Yeah. Have you ever seen Lasagna <laughs> Cat? It was a very, very, very early web series. Okay. Pre-YouTube, oh, which is wow. something. okay. It's a guy who did, he did Garfield strips. So it's like the they would show the Garfield strip, mm-hmm. and then he had like a plastic helmet that looked like John's hair, and then someone would be in a cat costume, and they'd reenact it verbatim. Show you the strip, and then it would break into surrealism. And the best one features head like a hole. Really? <laughs> yeah. Hold on, I'm gonna see if I can find it to show Dave. So I found it.
1: Wow.
0: <laughs> My favorite part by far is when you have to know the video of to to uh, head like a hole to really kind of appreciate it. But there's in the video. Trent Reznor's got a bunch of stuff, paint, like scrawled yeah. on his chest in paint, and in this one, it's the guy playing John has cat brush in
1: red paint, scrawled across and his Garfield chest. And at Garfield at another time. That is, oh my god. It is insane. I love it, and I can't believe I've never, I know what I'm doing when I get home, after I write this week's throwback tracks. Yeah, You're gonna watch all the lasagna cats. Pretty much. Yeah. And just go down this rabbit hole of what weird, is yeah. Like, that was, a, what, a minute and a half or something like that? Two
0: minutes, maybe.
1: Yeah, so yeah. each one is fairly fairly minor. <clears throat> anyway, uh, Nine Inch Nails. This is one of those groups where it took me a really, really long time to get into them. Okay. Uh, Pretty Hate Machine I didn't really get into. I, I think I, I remember asking for... Think it was the downward spiral or further down the spiral. I can't which I can't remember which one. Okay. But I asked for one because all my friends were listening to it. So it was like I wanna I got it for Christmas and I wanted to listen to it to to really understand what it was, and I just didn't get behind it. Maybe because I wasn't depressed enough. Maybe I don't know. I just didn't really associate with Trent Reznor's music. And like I respect the hell out of him as a as a musician, but it took me Pretty much until 2014, when I saw him play in Red Rocks when Soundgarden opened for Nine Inch Nails on back-to-back nights, and I saw both shows, where I went, "Oh, this is awesome!" Yeah. Now the fact that his his designer Rob Sheridan is a genius when it comes to like touring rigs, yeah, uh, (laughs) that makes a that makes a world of difference. But so yeah, for me, Pretty Hate Machine, I didn't really. Care about it until way, way later. Yeah, I was also six when it came out. So yeah, well, it's
0: not like I listened to it when it right. came out. I mean, a lot of these I was albums, four, yeah, a
1: lot of these albums came out well before we were born, or yeah. as we were in our toddler phases. And you know, we're listening to Wheels on the Bus, not head like a hole, head like a hole. So
0: we don't. I would have turned out way different.
1: And <laughs> that's—I'm <laughs> I'm always interested about. Songs that you play for kids because I like that kids grow up listening to cool music but at the same time you don't necessarily want to play them Pretty Hate Machine until they're old enough that they're not going to be completely warped by it. Yeah. But like listening to CCR when you're five years old. I yeah. mean, I remember listening to Bad Moon Rising. It was part of a, a thing on, on what was called DTV Monster Hits and it was Disney TV Monster Hits and it was a bunch of videos of... Disney animation synced up with all kinds of different classic, classic rock songs. Classic stuff, yep. Like Bad Moon Rising. It was just like, this is amazing. And so yep. that's that was my introduction to this. But huh. I don't think yeah. you need to hear Pretty Hate Machine when I was five years old and have it synced up to The Wicked Witch or something like that. Maleficent. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Dave never slept again. Uh, but yeah, this album is terrific.
0: Yeah, it's a fantastic album. And it's album.
1: a great way. And I think... And it gave us Trent Reznor. Right? And it gave you like the guy looks great now. He's built, he's jacked, he's healthy, he's eating. Yeah, like he's he's in way better shape. But I mean that was heroin, skinny oh, yeah. on the verge on on death's doorstep, Trent Reznor. Yep. And now he's you know, he's he's an animal a rights film activist and a film composer. And has and... And, and great stuff too, because he did uh, the social network and gone girl, I think, yep. right? And I'm I'm sure he's done other stuff since, but
0: Well, he'd... Talking about the Oscar nominations are fine. Win? I, I had a one for Social Network. I actually, r- I feel
1: like he did. I think he did. Yeah. And that's and you don't you don't think about it until you watch the social network after being entrenched in his music and go, Oh yeah. Oh, oh it's, it's, it's Trent Reznor. Reznor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so good. The guy is just a phenomenal musician and I have nothing but the utmost respect for him. So I'm glad that Nine Inch Nails came out and I'm glad that I got into them finally, I, it just took me way longer than it should have. Yeah. I think I,
0: I can actually remember conversations in university where I was talking about Nine Inch Nails and you're like, meh. Yeah. Like, but, uh, I know. Trent Ritt,
1: but. Considering how much I love 90s music, you would think I liked yeah. Nine Inch Nails more. And I do now. It just, it took me way well, longer. Well,
0: it's from 1989. So, <laughs> you like 90s music. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's right. So I like all their. I like everything after Pretty Hate Machine because th- that came out in the 80s and I don't like anything from the 80s.
0: Nope. As Dave uses the pen to cross out the Guns and Roses album on his
1: list, don't like this anymore.
0: I can stick 90s a little longer. Sure. And I remember when I said we, I don't have anything else from 1991? Uh-huh. I totally lied because oh, really? that's when Gish
1: came out. Oh, okay. So the pumpkins and. Pearl Jam came out at the same time. Yeah, interesting. They trajected in way they went in different d- trajectories. Hey, yeah, they sure I, did. I mean, we talked about it before we started recording. Everybody considers uh, "Melancholy" and, and "The Infinite Sadness" to be the opus of of Smashing Pumpkins. Oh yeah, which it's hard to begrudge. It's terrific, it's spectacular album. But some of the best stuff that they've recorded came out before that yep I mean Siamese Dream with Today is just it's a great album yes it is and Gish I don't know a lot as much about it I mean again it was kind of out I was 8 when that came out Mm -hmm. and so I wasn't really listening to it a lot of my my musical influences at that point came from my cousin and he had he didn't really listen to that one but he listened to Siamese Dream a lot so that's that was my introduction to the pumpkins right
0: um the rhinoceros Siva like, right. it's the. I think why we always think of melancholy and gosh, even some of the later
1: stuff. Pre Zwan stuff? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's
0: <laughs> But I think why we think about that is because that's what, once they were big after melancholy. Mm-hmm. Then people went back and were like, oh, man, Rhinoceros is amazing. But Rhinoceros was a single they did before they had albums. That was a demo song they wrote. So it's just like they never had that first album thing we talked about off the top where Mm -hmm. it was just fine in their way, that sort of thing. Rhinoceros and Siva definitely are probably still some of their best-loved songs. Sure. So
1: gish. Right? And – I think it's unfortunate. Do you know do you know when about in, in 91 that they that it came out? Uh not really. You don't have to try and guess. Uh Gish, right? Yeah. G-I-S-H-H. Like the actress. Yeah. The actress?
0: Yeah, Lillian Gish. Oh, all right. Silent movie star. May
1: 1991, and I'm pretty sure 10 came out in October. I think
0: Oh, it was a response to Gish. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Man, these guys are sad.
1: <laughs> but they almost—I feel like at that point they almost got overshadowed by Pearl Jam because Pearl Jam exploded so much, and you know Gish is good, but they. But really, it's not ten exactly. And, and I know
0: I and I know that. Mm-hmm. And if we were doing top tens. 10 would be higher on my list than Gish is. But I am a huge pumpkin fans in comparison to
1: Pearl Jam. Certainly. And it's just, it's interesting hearing Billy Corgan talk now about music and where music is and, you know, talk like he he talks crap about Pearl Jam from time to time. And it just sounds like he's just, it, it sounds like jealousy, but he would never admit to that because, you know, he's Billy Corgan and... Had a great career. Had a great career, but then you know, there's also a photo of him on a roller coaster a couple of years ago where he looks downright miserable yeah. miserable and it's hilarious. And the Pearl yeah. Jam community loved it. They just ate that up. And so it just Pearl Jam has been going for twenty-six years. Yep. And the pumpkins rose and fall and rose and fell and, and you yep. know, they they've been back and they've toured a little bit, but it's just they've never They've never kept that fan base that Pearl Jam has and a lot of artists haven't and that there's a reason why a lot of artists haven't stuck around for 25 years just because 26 years is because they haven't maintained that core group of fans
0: or they're not trying new stuff Sure cuz part of the reason why I'm a bigger fan of Ten than some of the other albums mm-hmm. is because they are they will experiment with mm-hmm. their sound and it's just like okay this sounds like Stuff that's coming out of Brooklyn from 2012 and Pearl Jam's trying stuff like that out for this album. It's like, okay, cool, but that's not... I liked what you did here. Whereas the Pumpkins are the Pumpkins. They sound like Smashing Pumpkins throughout. And then it's just, okay, it's hard to be sad and angsty when
1: you live in a mansion and everything's going great. Totally. Yeah, and I mean, you have to evolve with the music because then you just... Otherwise, you grow stagnant. Yep. And I think... We can get to it in a minute. But one of the bands on mine, their their initial album was amazing. And then, to me, they've tapered off since because they haven't really evolved. It's kind of sounded sure. like the same thing, right? Yeah. And so um, that's why I like Pearl Gems because they they started really heavy and really grungy. And then they tried experimenting. I mean, on Vitalogy, they have a song called Bugs with just an accordion. And it's the weirdest song ever. But they were like, okay, we've got our angry, angsty, if you like that
0: Pearl Jam, listen to that Pearl Jam. It yeah, exists.
1: exactly. It's very strange, and that's one of those albums. There's some phenomenal songs on it, and then there's songs where I'm like, really? And next. Okay. Cool. Anybody who listens who knows a Stupid mop, they will understand. Like, I've listened to that song in its entirety twice. and I think once was because I was working I had my iPod on and I was working on the grid or something oh I was working on the grid so Uh. I was 28 feet up in the air and I was (laughs) striking lights or something I was just like
0: hello I can't I
1: can't go all the way down there just to uh, (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) fine I'll just listen to it anyway uh anything else on pumpkins
0: no I
1: love them Billy Corgan smiling politely
0: yeah.
1: Uh, we had to listen to Zero before we started recording because... It was stuck in my it head. It was stuck in Sean's head, and I will never not listen to Zero, so... Yeah. It's such a such a good song. Yes, it is. Yeah.
0: Three or four just amazing albums.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I remember I was junior high when Melancholy, Melancholy came out, and it yeah. was... I was going to say Melancholy, and I was like, no, that's a punk band. Yeah. <laughs> when Melancholy came out, and it, it was universally loved. Yep. And the fact that it was a, a two-disc album, and it was just, it was, it was an opus.
0: Yeah. And that was still on the heart of much music, showing videos and yeah. being amazing, and when you went home, you watched The Countdown, and you watched oh videos, because yeah. everyone talked about them. Yeah.
1: Tonight Tonight was the song, like... I don't know about your grad or anybody who's listening's grad, but when we when we did grad we had the we had our grad partners and so we you, we had to pick 3 songs. We had to pick a song that you dance to with your grad partner, a song that you dance to with your parent, and then a song that it was like the processional where you just walk around so your parents could take pictures of you oh, yeah, and everything yeah. with your grad partner and that was the song we used was Tonight Tonight. Oh, nice. Because it seemed fitting and it was we were of that generation where it seemed to to work out. It so, fits, yeah, yeah, it was like four or five years old, but it was perfect. <sighs> does right? So, yeah.
0: Now we had um, Brian wrote a song oh, for our okay. grad, so that was our basically Ooh. our song for stuff. Yeah, he's he won a Grammy last year. <laughs> wow. He yeah, he's a Christian recording artist now, and he wrote the song that won best something.
1: So did he go triple Mur? <laughs> More South Park re-
0: <laughs> South Park references, <laughs> Family Guy references. Christian,
1: Christian recording artists, like, what was that? That was t- myrrh, I think. That was the those yeah. gold
0: frankincense and then myrrh. So I could never get a platinum album. No, but you can can go double myrrh. God damn!
1: <laughs> yeah, Uh terrific. Um, the album I was gonna talk about when when I was saying that the the group never really evolved was Mumford and Sons. Okay, sure. Um, and I mean I know they've only recorded three albums, and so there's only so much that they can do in three albums. But there's I, still, time too. There, there absolutely is because they're still together, right? As far as I know. Yeah. And I still like their stuff, and their second album was great too. Like uh, I Will Wait and um, Lover of the Lights, and like they have their their follow up album was terrific. But yeah. Sino Moore, to me, I remember the first time I heard uh, anything of theirs, it was um, Roll Away Your Stone. Okay, sure. And it was, I was driving, and I still, like, do you ever have songs where you hear it in a certain situation, and anytime you go past that road or you hear that song, you instantly are back to that Thinking moment? Talking about that, yep. Uh, Roll Away Your Stone, I can still picture where I was when I first heard it because it was so impactful, I was like, oh, this is great. And then I saw them a couple weeks later on the Grammy. They The Grammys, they opened, they introduced Bob Dylan and they sang The Cave. And I just thought that it was so simple. They had so, it was all like the banjo and the, the I think there was an accordion and the guitar and and Mumford was just playing the kick drum and that was the only percussion that they had. And I just thought it was such a unique stage setup and what a cool, like almost a throwback to to bar bands. And I felt like this is a sort of group that I would love to have seen in a pub in Wales or something. You know, you just yeah. happen to be there. And this this group is there. It's like, are you kidding me? And so I saw them when they toured and it was it, when they came to Calgary and it was phenomenal. And I bought that album and it's still to this day one of my favorite all-time albums. Right. Um, and so in 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 my opinion, it's it's up there as far as one of my favorite debut albums. But I feel like that third one, they're still doing the same thing. So I, I just want them to evolve to... And they don't need to just be a slave to exactly what is everybody else is putting out, but just change the sound somehow.
0: Yeah, it's just tough, because they kind of pioneered
1: that indie folk stomp clap. Right? They yeah.
0: are that.
1: Yeah, and so they have such a niche sound that how do you get beyond that? Yeah. Yeah, and I get that, and it's not like I won't keep listening to them, and if they come back and tour, I would probably go see them again, because their shows are amazing. Sure. Uh, I think I put last week or the week before on throwback tracks uh, I did um, I'm on fire by Bruce Bruce Springsteen yeah you did I can't remember it was one it was within May and I I attached a video of Mumford and son doing uh, that song in Calgary and it was just so cool just hearing everybody quiet and just hearing the the entire crowd sing along with them it was it was remarkable and like those sorts of shows are pretty pretty rare yeah and so I would I would absolutely go see them again it's just it'd be cooler to see them at a no, 200 what can person what do pardon me like what could they do I don't know and that's the thing I don't know if there is anything they could do beyond what they do so I know I'm quote unquote complaining but I also don't know what the solution is
0: yeah it's tough when you it's tough when you are essentially the establishing artist yeah of a subgenre. Or a sound of a subgenre, sure. I should say. Yeah. To branch. Mm hmm. Cause you risk your fans.
1: Right? Exactly. Yeah. Who's to say? I don't know.
0: But then like when I think about that and branching out, I have mellow gold on my list. Cause you know Beck hasn't sounded the same from album to album. That is that is very he, uh, very true. Really doesn't. <laughs> no,
1: and that's that's the thing. Is like, there's some guys who just do whatever the hell they want, and people will just eat it up. And Beck is one of those guys. Yeah, Jack White's another one. Yep. And I we don't have any white stripes, or I mean, I guess the Dead Weather debut album was amazing, but like, it's just Jack White in a different piece, right? And so much. <clears throat> I didn't I didn't think anything. I didn't put any of of the whites, any Jack White stuff on here, because personally my my favorite Tours album is their second one so yeah but he's one of those guys who can just change his sound and people eat it up beck is another one of those guys yep like what what's mellow gold yep that's the first album from 94 okay so what's on there is that loser loser yeah yeah so you have that but it was
0: people after that album thought he was probably going to end up being a one-hit wonder because the rest of it is kind of anti-folk and funky and weird yeah and then he – so he tours and that was the tour that Futurama, as we're continuing to do this epic tour through cartoons to make references of, <laughs> that's the one what they're kind of talking about where he would do a 25-minute jazz version of Loser just because he was trying to figure out what he wanted to do after having one big hit. Right. And one album. And so eventually it just led to a sort of stream of consciousness. I'm just going to write what I want and do what I want. And that's Odele.
1: Yeah. And that was the one with Devil's Haircut, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so that was... Well,
0: that was the first Grammy. Right. So...
1: So you have Mellow Gold, which has Loser, which is the thing that everybody's like... I mean, Weird Al Yankovic in his Alternative Polka he pulls reference to Loser and I mean yep. there's a whole I haven't heard that song in years but there's so many references to songs I love that I hadn't heard until I heard that and like oh I don't I want to find out what this song's from and this song and then Loser was one of them and it's like oh my god this is amazing but then he follows it up with Odelay and Devil's Haircut yep it's like oh and then in what well, year did Janet get married 2005
0: yeah 2005 is Guero yeah which is my favorite Beck album still I have all of them. Anyone who's listened to this is like, Dave loves Pearl Jam, Sean loves Beck.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: and yeah, Guero is 05.
1: And I remember we drove out to Kamloops to go to our friend's wedding. Yep. And we listened. I had just
0: got that. Yeah. like,
1: hey, let's listen to Guero. And we listened to it about four times because it was so good. Such a good album. It's such a good album. And I mean, so you go from Loser. Yep.
0: To... Don't forget Sex Laws, too, from like Midnight Vultures. Okay, That's, that's Between, as well. That's right. the song that I featured on Throwback Tracks way back when, the one that has Jack Black in the mm, video. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a lot of horns, yeah. and it's just kind of like a funk kind of feel.
1: Yeah. So you go from that, which is, like, Loser, which has kind of a weird, folky... Folk country... Yeah, and, <laughs> feel to it, yeah. to Guero, which is electronica-type, poppy synth stuff. Yep. It's
0: drastically different, and yet... And then he wrote Morning Phase in 2014 ah. which won him another
1: Grammy. Ah. And they're which, all amazing. Yeah. And he still looks like he belongs on a farm in Alabama. Yep. And that's right, like that's the cool thing about music is you can evolve. I mean, and that's not to keep bringing them back, but it's a music podcast. That's why I love Pearl Jam is because they do evolve and they do change their sound and if you
0: nowhere if, near as much as Beck does. Certainly not. I'm not I'm not even <laughs> I'm
1: waiting yes. for that
0: anti-folk album, Dave. <laughs> then I will pay attention.
1: I'm not trying to <laughs> to say that they change it as much, but they if you appreciate a band that changes their sound, yep. they will do that. And if you can ride it through, sometimes the albums may not be great, sometimes they're backspacer, but sometimes you get Guero.
0: Yep. See, I'm, I'm not a big fan of Sea Change. I'm not. It was the first Super Mellow Beck album that okay. came out after Midnight Vultures. Okay. And so it's just... I'm not a big fan of that one Right, and then after that we got Guero and then the information and so it's just he'll he'll do what he wants to do yeah. and I'm there
1: and if you don't like it I'm sure well, he'll be okay yeah. sleeping on his piles and piles of money surrounded by beautiful girls
0: <laughs> okay
1: well he's married well that's Simpsons reference too how do you sleep at night? And on a, a big pile of money, surrounded by many beautiful women. <laughs> I was gonna cross that one off. I'm like, wait, I don't have mellow gold on here.
0: Well, you should.
1: Well, sure.
0: Uh, do you want to take a break here we for a minute an and then
1: yeah. get back to this? Okay. Uh, Heather? Heather?
0: Yeah. Hope you're enjoying this because it's uh, gonna be the full podcast.
1: <laughs> I hope you guys are all enjoying this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, not that. just Heather. <laughs> Just one listen. (laughs) Well, our second half is brought to you by Pickles the Cat Clown. Are you throwing a party or event for your cat? Is your corporate retreat needing a boost of excitement? Pickles can offer you a refreshing and new performance, including balloon work, acrobatics, and hilarious one-of-a-kind naps. That's Pickles the Cat
1: Clown. And we're back. Now, uh, we're going to try and get out of the 90s. Apparently, we really like stuff from the 90s because we're both 80s kids, so that makes sense. Yeah. But we're going to try We're going to talk about one from the 80s and then yep. maybe work our way backward. Maybe. Yes. Yes. Uh, Straight outta Compton, NWA. Yep. On both of our lists. Yep. Completely independently. I mean, if you watch the movie, you should love it. But I'm not huge into rap and hip hop, but I love this album a great album it's a terrific album um, I mean it's just it's so full of anger and what they're talking about we we as in Sean and I but we as in probably a lot of our listeners can't even identify with what they're they're oh, talking about
0: not even close no
1: we just have to to understand that what they're what they're saying is truth and man it's raw it's edgy and some of those albums are just or some of those songs are just Terrific. Yep.
0: Well, and it it was providing a different voice mm-hmm. because, like, I had another album, uh, "Paid in Full" from '87, by Eric B. and Rakim. Okay. Which is a lot more funk influenced, and Rakim, it's it's an amazing album. Okay. Anyone who listens to classic hip hop knows "Paid in Full." Um, I'm I know you know some of the songs, you just don't recognize Probably, them without yeah. hearing them. Yeah. Um, but a lot of it was, it was still that like Sugar Hill gang, still that feel of like boom. we're taking funk and we're ah, taking,
1: boom. yeah.
0: We're taking that sort of stuff and we're, we're blending it. We're Grandmaster Flash, we're mixing yeah. and that sort of thing. But right around the same time, Public Enemy in New York and NWA in Compton, yeah, and Public Enemy goes political and. NWA talks about what's going on on the streets yeah. and the thug life and all of that sort of stuff yeah. and it completely
1: changes hip hop. Well, and it's just I mean you're getting F bombs and I mean you're just you're getting profane language and stuff yep. that you wouldn't even thought was possible to hear. And I mean th- certainly rock and roll music and and other songs have the odd swear here and there but not to the effect that Straight out of Compton has yeah, or probably any Public Enemy. Like it's just uh, Public Enemy less so I think less but, so yeah. I mean that was just that was the beginning, and you just see Dre and and Ice Cube dropping these beats, and all of a sudden Easy E just kind of going along with this and going okay, yeah we we've got something here, and it just yep it exploded.
0: Yes, it did. Now it didn't last very long. No, to
1: be fair, they had. What? Well, they had the one album basically, and then Cube went on went uh, out on his own, didn't he? Yeah,
0: but there is L. There is another album, L. Four, something, L. L4... Four.
1: I yeah, I, I I don't know a lot about NWA's history beyond basically the movie, right? Uh greatest nw well because they had one in 98 was straight out of Compton, or 88 was straight out of compton yep uh 91 was i I was (laughs) end for life i can't really say the first part because i'm not black but right
0: and then that wasn't the one i was thinking of okay but that's the
1: that's the one that i see right and so but that one i think that was without cube That was once they'd kind of had their rift because EZ was making a lot of the money and Cube wasn't doing... And then he went solo and basically they had their their feud.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Which is just insane. But regardless of how long NWA lasted, that was the beginning of something brand new. I mean, without NWA and Public Enemy, you likely don't have Eminem. You likely don't have... Did Run DMC come out around the same time? No, earlier. Oh, did? Okay, that's what I thought. But you don't have... Uh no, Biggie same. and Tupac and and um... samples. I think was eighty four. Okay, for on DMC. Okay, um, but you don't have Biggie. You don't have Tupac. You don't have P Diddy. Like, there's all these guys who kind of came as a result. Of Snoop, Snoop. You don't have because without without N W A. Like a lot yep. of these guys, they are responsible for gangster rap, gangster rap,
0: the direction it went in the nineties. Yeah, and we are actually talking about the same album, but. The way it's always listed is backwards.
1: Ah. So it's
0: e for Zagan.
1: Uh-huh. That makes sense. Yeah. I only know it as the other one because my cousin who was massive, like he just loved gangster rap. We, we used to do CD swaps. So, you know, at the beginning of the summer we would borrow, I would borrow five of his CDs and he would borrow five of mine and then, then we would... Listen to these CDs, and then at the end of the summer, we'd go and talk about them on Labor Day, and which ones we liked, which ones he didn't, and cool. and uh, he lent me that one, and so I always knew it as the as the original. I'm like, I can't say this, yeah. and I, it, that yeah. makes sense why it's always that's backwards. that's always why it's backwards. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Anyway, the the and it's not as good. It's not as good as straight out of comp. No, it's and I think a lot of that is because you don't have cube on it.
0: Writing. Because he specifically wrote a, a lot of their yeah. better
1: songs, and I think you know you you listen to some of the stuff that he did on his own, and a lot of the stuff that was done on Straight Outta Compton. You go, yeah, he was the driving force behind a lot of these lyrics. Yep, Eazy had the had the voice, like he has such a cool rap voice, but he doesn't have the like the songwriting prowess that Cube did. No. And even he's not as angry. Like, the guy's making Daddy Daycare, and and are we there yet, or whatever. Like, he's yeah. making kids' movies. It's Ride
0: Along 2 was the last one, yeah, I think. Yeah,
1: something like that. I mean, and don't get me wrong, he was amazing in Boys in the Hood. Yep. And and right around that time when he's doing stuff like writing his own rap music. But he's just, <laughs> he's not even the angry person that he was. How can you expect Trent Reznor or Eddie Vedder to be angry Twenty years after they've released an album, when Ice Cube, who grew up in Compton, is going, yeah, I'll just go make Ride Along too. Yeah,
0: with Kevin Hart. Yeah, we'll make a lot of money. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, I mean, he made enough money that now he's out of Compton, and he's—I'm sure he's still angry about what's happening. And oh yeah, but it's it's, just—it's—he's not as in touch with it. I don't think. Yep. Because he probably lives. It's a different life. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Okay. Can we go backwards now? I mean, Uh, I don't know what else you have from the 80s. Do you have anything else from the 80s? Are we just going in reverse chronological order or
0: something? (laughs) Well, if I'm skipping everything from the 2000s, yes.
1: Okay, well. We only have so much time. It's true.
0: Well, what else do you want to actually talk about? Because you mentioned Biggie and Tupac, Ready to Die, Biggie's album. It's a great debut album. Yeah. So I'll just – I know Dave doesn't know it very well. And we've just spent a little bit of time talking about rap, so we can move on from that. But... But that is... I have that on
1: my list, because it's it's an amazing debut album. Sure. And this is the thing, is a lot of these, like... Some of the ones that I... I mean, the ones that I wrote down are ones that I... Excuse me. That I, um... That I really like. Yeah. But things like um, Hot Fuss from The Killers... Yep. I don't own that album. And so... But looking at the track listing and going, oh yeah, this is a great album, and so I understand that there are debut albums that I don't have written down that I don't necess- that I don't disagree with, and I I agree that that Biggie's debut album would be phenomenal. Yeah, it you know, is. Just sometimes you can't you can't talk about everything.
0: <laughs> well, maybe what we could do is end lore. Is anything we don't get to, we'll just chuck at the end without right. conversation. Just be like. Here's some other ones that came up that we never talked
1: about. This, 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 this. Yeah. Great. Let's do that. It's a great way to do an ending. I know we both have The Doors on our list. Yes. The Doors, The Doors. Yep. I love how many debut albums are just band names and then the title. And so every time I wrote it down, I literally just did the the repeat symbol from from music theory. And it's just like, The Doors. Repeat. The Doors. So. Yep. It's a great album. It's... I can't remember. I think, does it start with Break On Through? Yes. Is it that does. The, the, yep, opening one? the opening track? That's the opening track. So, I mean, again, it's like, what was the other one? Uh, well, and it ends with the end. Right? So, I mean, <laughs> you break on through and then you end with the end. Yep.
0: Light My Fire is on that one as well.
1: Yeah. Uh, break On Through, Soul Kitchen. Uh, come on now. Uh, Alabama song, Light My Fire. The end. That's that's a lot of unbelievable songs. Yep. On one album, and this is this is from a time period where people were making entire albums to listen to. There was no such thing as MP3s and iTunes, and I mean there were singles that you got played on the radio, but yeah, people you could buy sevens, right? Yeah, yeah. So you could you could buy the singles. Yep. But you were still the. I think more often than not, you wanted to sell the entire album because like, you probably got more money for it, and so it was like, "Let's make an album that is worth listening to, beginning to end." Especially when you have—I
0: um, don't know that that's the era of that, though, because that's the era when people would be forced by their recording labels to do two to three albums a year. Sure. <laughs> right. So Fair. It's, it's. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's one of the reasons. I guess you're right. Like you look at how many albums Bob Dylan churned through, and these people. And I mean, like, right? Like, uh,
0: <laughs> what was the band? I wrote about a band on Throwback Tracks back when I was still doing it, and they had four albums, and they were a band for eighteen months. And it's just like, yeah, they had because they just churn, 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 churn. Yeah. That's all they could do was just we want albums. Was it the birds?
1: Could, might have been they churn, churn, churn. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, 60s puns. Well, that's
0: it. <laughs> Look for us on Twitter. <laughs>
1: well, because I, I, I don't know who you're talking about, but I remember writing about Buffalo Springfield recently, and it was the same thing. They they came out with three albums in two years or something like that. Yep. And the last one was just because they had a contractual obligation. But these bands, I mean, Buffalo Springfield had Neil Young, and he was dealing doing stuff with Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, and he was doing solo stuff, and he was... Crazy Horse like there was all sorts of yeah. groups that these people are with and so they're just they're recording albums everywhere and so I I guess you're right at a certain point you can't do everything you can't but at the same time this is their first album Yep. so they want to make it good and, you, and I mean I, I think that's the case for a lot of these people is you want to make that first album worth listening to and have people come back for more Yeah. and when you have you know on one side you've got I don't know if, if Light My Fire I assume it was this, the start of Side B. B. Probably. Because it goes Alabama song to uh, Light My Fire. So I'm guessing that it went Break On Through all the way through to Alabama song. And then you flipped it and you had Light My Fire all the way to the end. I think so. Those are two really good bookends for both sides of that album. Yeah. And the stuff in between is good too. But those four songs alone, it's like, well, you're getting a lot of mileage off those four songs alone. Plus it's The Doors. Right? So. The Doors I mean, when Jim Morrison was still a sex symbol and when before he got fat and drunk and died and I mean he died, was he 27 Club?
0: And wandered around in the desert right. waiting for Wayne to
1: go talk to him and... It's a hack play <laughs> I mean, this is when he was still the Lizard King So yeah, it's a it's a, it's a a just a terrific album I mean, it's one of those I, I don't know if I own it or if I I think I've got a PVR but I feel like I need to watch Oliver Stone's The Doors Oof yeah Okay <laughs> I know it's a slog Yeah it is Yeah Did you not like it?
0: It was a, It was fine Yeah It's just it. It's long
1: Okay fair Well yeah
0: uh, I have two other albums on my list From 1967 Okay What do you have? Because that's already You Experienced The Jimi Hendrix Experience Okay Which introduced us To the best guitarist of all time So
1: Yeah Yeah We, we would both We both have that one You'd be pretty remiss If you didn't have that
0: Yeah Manic Depression. Such a good song. <sighs>
1: um, I remember when I was in university, I don't know which which, uh, which year it was, but remember when there's that weird guy who used to come and sell albums all the time? Um, like he would just... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It was just, he'd set up a table at the back end of the Student Union Center. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and he would just sell albums, and they were used albums. And I don't know, if, I don't know if you would buy them, but he would just come in a couple times a year, and you would buy albums. It was like I got ex- as excited about that as I did the poster sale. Yeah, probably even more so because I could get discount albums, and I just got all kinds of things. And I think that's where I got are you experienced? Okay, because I knew I liked Jimi Hendrix, and I mean, I remember watching. Back before YouTube and you would just have to download videos and you <laughs> yeah, would just
0: on Kazaa on Kazaa yeah
1: <laughs> or LimeWire or whatever it was and so I would look for just anything I could and I remember seeing videos of, of Hendrix at Woodstock and, yep. and playing Fire and all these different things I'm like I knew that I liked Hendrix but I yeah. just didn't know and so I was like okay I'll buy this and so it's got Boxy Lady Manic mm-hmm. Depression mm-hmm. Fire Are You Experienced Third Stone from the Sun all these just Psychedelic, tremendous songs. And I mean, those aren't even... I would say my favorite one is probably Voodoo Child or Little Wing. Okay, sure. But... I'm a huge
0: Crosstown Traffic fan, as you know, because that's been my ringtone for three years. (laughs) I cut it myself, so it worked properly.
1: But... As an introduction to this left-handed phenom from Seattle. Yeah. You know, he was the original Seattle sound, and... 30 years later, you have a brand new wave of music coming in a whole different genre. But man, that, the way he could shred on that thing and just, the guy was... Nobody better. No.
0: Never has been, probably never will be.
1: I mean, there's a lot of people...
0: There are a lot of very great guitarists. I'm not saying that to belittle like Jimmy Page or Eddie, Eddie Van Halen?
1: Yeah. He's a guitarist, yeah.
0: Yeah. Clapton even,
1: sure. There are some tremendous, tremendous guitarists, but he was just so... Unique, yeah, and kind of the first. Yeah, like a lot of
0: them are popping up at the same time. But what he was doing was,
1: and that's the thing is, it's if you're one of the best at the beginning, then it's hard to. And I mean, heavy metal guitarist is a different type of music than than psychedelic oh, rock yeah. guitarist, right? And so it's like, is it saying that Jacques Plante is as good a goalie as some soccer goalie, right? Like it's <laughs> yeah. different different genres of yeah. I'm, I'm
0: sad you couldn't come up with one I was going to say
1: uh, because, Hart. Uh, sure. But I was like, I don't know if he's the best goalie. He's not. Buffon?
0: There you go. Yeah. Uh, you're Italian. I know. Gigi <laughs> is one of the best of all time. He's also played for your team for 20 years. I know. It's ridiculous. Or you could have said Oliver Kahn, the no. terrifying guy from the Germans. Who Wouldn't just, have
1: got that. Yeah. You could have been like, who's Oliver Kahn? I've been like, James' son? Yeah. No. No. Anyway, it's it's such different style of music, right? And yeah. so and there's a lot of people I mean
0: Well like how do I compare Dave Matthews to Jimi Hendrix? Right? Like Dave Matthews is a completely different style of guitarist, he's playing an acoustic, he's very good. Absolutely. But I don't know that I don't know how to compare them, but People always ask the goat questions, right? Right. And I usually avoid them, but this is one where I have no problem just being like, it's Jimmy. It, Let's just go with that because nobody argues with it. No.
1: May- if you if you were to say – I mean, and it's one of those situations where it's like if somebody said that they preferred Jimmy Page over Jimi Hendrix, it's like, okay, fine. Fine. You know what? That's fair, and I can see your reasoning behind it. Sure. But if you don't have Jimi Hendrix, Eric Clapton – jimmy page in the conversation
0: yeah and i always throw in eddie van halen because sure. i think he's a little bit underrepresented on these lists
1: which is totally fair so because you have, a lot
0: of van halen's music is kind of irritating as opposed to great but but listen to eruption eddie van
1: halen as a ta- tactical guitarist and slash as well like you yeah those could be th- that i know mount rushmore has four but that could be the mount rushmore plus one of guitarists and if you said that, I don't think anybody could really argue you. Yeah. And there's some, like, I, I've i seen Mike McCready, including Temple of the Dog, 17 times. Yeah. And the guy is amazing. And I would count him as one of the greatest of all time, but I wouldn't put him in the conversation of top, of of go- With, like, Jimmy Page no. and Jimi Hendrix. And, and- I don't think Mike, Mike McCready would expect you to, because... He loves all... Like, he's a huge Zeppelin fan. He's a huge Hendrix fan. Like, these are guys that are on just an upper echelon. Jack White?
0: You consider Jack White? If somebody wants us to have this conversation, ask us. Absolutely. I think we've made it very obvious that we can talk about music if you ask us the right questions that we
1: don't need the songs for. Exactly. If if it's like this conversations about greatest drummers or greatest guitarists or yep. or albums <laughs> Dave
0: or Dave and I can argue about Rush sure. we can do it you said famous drummers who am Neil I gonna Neil Peart is great Neil Peart is an amazing drummer
1: <laughs> I don't hate Rush I just really Getty Lee's voice really bothers me uh, there's even some Rush songs I don't mind I just yeah. can't I just can't bring myself to listen to them beginning to end oh that's fine and watching Bubble sing they're also like 12 minutes hard, long right yeah <laughs> but on like what is it I love you man where where they they uh, Jason Seagull and Paul Rudd oh, yeah. they love rush I'm like how can you not like them the Holy triumvirate like it's they have so much fun with it
0: there was I still think that's my favorite ever rock and roll hall of fame moment was watching the Foo Fighters introduce Rush
1: that would be pretty great it
0: was so good have you not seen that no i don't think so we'll find we'll have it to,
1: yeah drag yeah. that down
0: it's ah uh, yeah it's pretty great
1: yeah So anyway, we will have those conversations as long as we don't have to get the rights to the music. We will have conversations about music in different varieties. Yep. So hit us up for that if you want. Exactly. What was your other one from 63? 67.
0: The other one from 67 is The Velvet Underground and Nico by The Velvet Underground. The debut album of The Velvet Underground with the Andy Warhol designed cover.
1: Sure. Sure. I put After Hours on throwback tracks recently. I yep. don't know a lot about the Velvet Underground. I know more about Lou Reed kind of as a solo okay, guy.
0: Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But it's the Velvet Underground.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's because there, there's a, so much going on in the 60s. They're so not...
1: Your typical psychedelic. 60s. Yeah. They're
0: not the psychedelic. They're kind of that. There is that underground totally. sort of. Their name there's is still so something apt. else to music, to rock at this point, mm-hmm. And that's them. And it's still kind of weird. And there's some fuzz to it. Yeah. And there's, I think, if I remember right, uh, oh, I can't remember who it was. Somebody from the band. I was reading an interview sure. basically while I was doing this. And. They were talking about how some of the songs were just... They called them our drone songs. And it was just to give it that kind of hollow drone kind of feel before you get into the actual track. Right. So, anyway. Velvet Underground and Nico. Right.
1: When did Lou Reed die? 2013? God, that's a long time ago. I think so. Man. Weird. Just, like, some of those things, they just kind of sneak up on you. Because I remember I was... Pearl Jam was touring, and they, they played After Hours in Calgary. I think Calgary and Vancouver as a tribute to Lou Reed. Oh, yeah. Which was kind of cool. And I was just like, oh, that's pretty neat. And it's just like, it seems like yesterday that, that it happened, but... <clears throat> that was, it wasn't. That was not who died recently. We can't even talk about Soundgarden because Bad Motorfinger is... In my opinion, their best album, and it's their third one. So, like, the earlier stuff is... I also
0: looked, and I'm like, could I? Yeah, I know, no. No. Because, I mean, Super Unknown
1: came out in 94, but I think that was the one that every... I mean, that had Black Hole Sun, and that had Spoonman. It's great, but I mean, you've put, you put Rusty Cage on. I did. And I don't know if I've put uh, Outshined yet, but it will happen at some point, because I I'm absolutely sure. adore that Soundgarden song. But, guys, I'm... I'm really really struggling with this whole Chris Cornell thing. It 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 kicked my ass.
0: Yeah.
1: Um like last year when Prince and Bowie died those ones were hard, but like I never saw them. I didn't love them as much. Like I saw Chris Cornell live 6 times. Like that one that one gutted me and it just it was so unexpected and it just it mm. yeah. <sighs> so anyway, I mean I guess you could like talk about Audio Slave because that was awesome Their their album was great But Sure It's just It wasn't as impactful As Soundgarden Not, close, so, not even close Yeah So I'm just That's my <laughs>
0: It just made me miss Rage Against the Machine Sure exactly so, Who I also don't have On the list Because I'm not a huge Fan of the first album
1: Yeah What's but. the Battle of Los Angeles? Is the the follow up? Yeah, yeah, that is a great album. Right? And this is going back to our earlier conversation: is that second one is usually the one where everybody's like, "Yeah, like I've got Metallica, Kill 'Em All" on here because I like that album. And without that album, we don't have their their follow up stuff. Yeah, and you, I mean, but after that, you've got Ride the Lightning, Master of Puppets, and the Black Album.
0: Poof. Which are all for me so much better than the first one, Absolutely. which is why I just I couldn't justify yeah. putting it on there. I
1: only put it on there because I like Metallica and because I love those other albums, and because of that, we got Metallica. Yep. And I mean, I guess you could say that oh you know without the Tragically Hip, the Tragically Hip we don't have up to here. We don't have Day for Night. We don't have Road Apples. But I couldn't put it on here. Whereas Metallica, I could be. I don't know. Whatever. There's. Yeah. Because I like I like Kill 'em All. As a Metallica album, better than I like the Tragically Hip. The Tragically Hip. Yeah, that's so. Fine. Yeah. Anyway, that's my talk about Metallica. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah.
0: Oh man, I have so many left. I know. Um,
1: and we've been talking for a long time already. Yeah, we really have. <laughs> it was a good question. It was.
0: Yeah. Uh we haven't talked about Leonard Skinner yet. Pronounce Leonard it's pronounced Skinnerd.
1: Leonard Skinner. Leonard Skinner. Yeah. What's all on that one?
0: Oh, man. I know Freebird is from the first album, which is...
1: Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> if we're talking...
0: The problem for me is I have... I don't have the separate albums. Yeah. iTunes had a thing where it's the complete Leonard Skinnerd, and it's all of the albums together. So I don't remember what's on what album.
1: Right. <laughs> but... Which is which is fair. I tried to, I tried to just let Google uh, guess what I was writing with Prawn it was one of those ones. I like. I'm listening and trying to type it in, right? But uh, and didn't, sometimes Google's like, "Did you mean this?" I'm like, yes, that's what I meant. Not, not this time. Didn't happen. Um. So we need to talk. Like, if we're talking about uh, greatest guitarists of all time, oh, then that conversation of the greatest guitar solo of all time comes into play. Yeah. Now. I,
0: mean, I think that's the second half of that episode. The first half is guitarists. The second half is solos.
1: Sure. that. <laughs> Somebody ask us this. Please. We'll do it. That sounds really fun. But if we were talking about that, then pronounced Linners, Skinner. da-da-da-da-da. So here we go. Track listing is I Ain't the One, Tuesday's Gone, Give yep. Me three, three Steps, Simple Man. There it is. Uh, Freebird. So... Right, four of their eight are songs that I absolutely adore,
0: and that's their first album. That's their
1: first album, and I mean like, Shine Down does an incredible cover of Simple Man. Yeah, it's, sure, it's very good because the lead singer of Shinedown kind of has that same voice that Van Zant did. Yeah, but those four songs are they're they're the four they're half the half the album.
0: Yep, and four of the best Leonard Skinner songs.
1: And that's the thing is, like, you have to have Freebird as one of the greatest guitar solos of all time. Probably, yeah. I mean, just from a, from a length standpoint, it's a seven-minute long guitar solo. Yeah. At that point, like, that's that's Eddie Vedder's Smoke Break when Mike McCready is wailing on, on Evenflow. It's just like Van Zant's off doing something while the other Van Zant is rocking out. <laughs> I'm going to make a sandwich. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> so you have... I would have paid so much to see that concert. Where it's just like, you got this. Walks backstage. Pulls out mail. some Wonder Bread and just starts
1: making a sandwich.
0: Eats it. Comes back and finishes Freebird.
1: Yep. But that's the thing. They don't ever have to. At least in Evenflow, Ed has to come back. Whereas at the end of Freebird, like, they finish they finished the vocals. And he's like, okay, hey, I'll see you guys tomorrow. You guys just yeah. lay down the rest of this track.
0: That's true. And that's, like... I just feel like live, sometimes he
1: did come back to prison the fans. Who the are, hell knows? Yeah. Like, I don't, we never had a chance to see it. They died nope. way too soon. But Freebird is one of those ones. I mean.
0: I was going to make a Con Air reference, but we, we're running low on time.
1: <laughs> a bunch of idiots dancing to Define a song made, irony. <laughs> made famous by a band that died in a plane crash.
0: Also one of the best episodes of Brodie's
1: oh yeah
0: oh the, yeah the Leonard Skinner episode of Roadies was spectacular so good.
1: I I like Ron White as a stand up comedian like as far as the like the blue collar comedy tour it was him and uh, Jeff Foxworthy and Bill Engvall and Larry the Cable Guy Ugh. of those four Ron White is by far my favorite yep because I like his delivery and he's a little bit more sarcastic and a little less redneck yeah um but I really liked him in Roadies yeah he was awesome uh but anyway Freebird is one of those ones where you have to you have to count it as as one of the best guitar solos we can talk about that later if we you know when somebody asks us to do this because hopefully it's inevitable but with that as your closing song that's that's a hell of an intro album yeah when that's when that is the one where it's like oh this is a rock band and they can just haul off on seven minute guitar solos and it's amazing beginning to end yep Okay, cool.
0: And Simple Man is my favorite Skinner song, That's so it's so just. So
1: good. I have Skinner's Innards, which I think is the best of Leonard yeah. Skinner, and it doesn't even have Simple Man on it. That's a mistake, right? I don't think it does. It's been a long time since I've listened to it, but I don't think it does because uh. I think the because my my parents got it and then I bought it after because I'm like, well, I'm moving, I need this album, and so I bought it and. Then didn't hear Simple Man until I heard the Shinedown version. I'm like, this is Skinnered?
0: Yeah. Goddamn. Yeah. 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 One more album each and we'll stop because we're at 70 minutes. (laughs)
1: Okay, fine. Oh my God.
0: (laughs) We are. We're at
1: 70 minutes. Okay, sure. Uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Okay. Um, Is it by
0: Crosby, Stills,
1: and Nash? (laughs) How did you guess that?
0: Would have been way better if you were like, nope, Stone Temple Pilots. <laughs> Although you already mentioned them
1: earlier, I did. Uh, Cros- I just can't remember all the Crosby Stills. As soon as you type in Crosby Stills or Crosby, Sydney Crosby comes up, which makes sense. I mean,
0: it's more searched for at this point.
1: It's also the playoffs, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Crosby Stills and Nash. Crosby Stills and Nash. Trackless. God bless Wikipedia. It starts with arguably, well, one of my favorite songs of theirs. It opens with Sweet Judy Blue Eyes. Okay. Which is a nice 7 minute and 25 second long song. But it's sweet as in S-U-I-T-E. So it's an amalgamation of basically three different songs blended into one. Yeah. And it's got their harmonies and it's got everything about them that is that makes them so good. You've got Guinevere on it, which is good. But then on side two, you have Wooden Chips and my personal favorite C.S. and Crosby, Stills, and Nash song, if you don't count um, uh, Southern Cross, is Helplessly Hoping. Okay, sure. It's just so heartbreakingly beautiful, and it's got tremendous harmonies, and it, it just, it's that perfect, it's its what makes them so good, in my opinion, is that it's a simple music, musicianship, but tremendous lyrics and gorgeous, gorgeous harmony. And so yeah. you, I mean, it's a, it's a 10 album or 10 song album, but it's just, it's beautiful and totally worth listening to. So yeah, it's, it's, that would be Ooh. my, my last one to talk about. Okay. Uh, oh. yeah, you really have a lot to narrow down here.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do. Well, I'm largely between two. Okay. The, and the two I'm between, and I'll just throw this to you, and then we'll have a conversation about whichever one you'd prefer to have okay. a conversation of. The rest we'll throw into End Lore. Okay. The first one is Is This It by The Strokes, okay. basically bringing us out of new Metal and allowing Garage Rock to come back in the sure. early 2000s, or Unknown Pleasures by Joy Division, which gives me Joy Division, which gives me The New Order, who are my favorite band from
1: the 80s. Okay, well, I mean, we can talk... The Strokes is great. They brought back Garage Band. It, it, it's a great album. It's a great album. It's they're they're a great band. I really dig their sound. Talk about that's Joy got Division. someday
0: and last night on it, right? Like, last
1: night is so good. It's such a good song. I've heard that song thousands of times, and I never get sick of it.
0: Well, and that's just it because it is. It's always been in high rotation. Every alt station yeah. plays. Yeah. Last night by the Strokes all the time.
1: It's like. Icky Thump by The White Stripes is a song that I heard when it came out on X92.9 the year that I was doing house renovations it was played uh, once a day for that entire summer at least once a day and I never got sick of it then even now I'm not sick of it I adore that song every time it comes on I just crank the hell out of it because I love it and it's the same with The Strokes there are some songs that you just simply can't get sick of and Uh, Last Night by the Strokes is is up there for sure and they totally brought back that just kind of we're a bunch of dudes hanging out in our garage recording songs this is really fun let's have a good time with this
0: yep without them we don't have Arctic Monkeys Kaiser Chiefs half of the stuff that I talk about on Tuesday what used to be Tuesday Tunes and is now the Daily Song Drop Mm -hmm. that doesn't exist Yeah. that sound doesn't probably come back as
1: fast without that album and
0: that album being
1: successful yep it was just so simple and so fun it kind of like that came out. You said two thousand one. Two thousand one. Yeah, so it kind of broke us out of like the the one hit wonders of the nineties, and you know, a different sound than Nickelback or something to that effect. I mean, it was Nickelback was pretty big at that point too. But
0: Latin and new metal. It yeah. was a lot of new yeah. metal. Rock was trending that direction, and we were getting rap rock. Yeah, and that which sort of is stuff is
1: fine. Like I like Linkin Park. Yeah, and, me too. You know, there's some some really good stuff. But. Sadly,
0: Meteora is not their first album. Oh,
1: that's too bad. Yeah.
0: It, it, it's an amazing album.
1: Yeah, but it's, it's not the first one. So I mean, there was there was good music that was coming, but it was just this. It was a refreshing change. Do you want to talk yeah. about Joy Division, though? I can. Okay, you can talk about more than about them more than I can. So,
0: well, we didn't get many albums, obviously, because Ian Curtis killed himself after the second album. Yeah. So, but unknown pleasures. That's like this is. Shoe gaze. This is the response to the weird 70s psychedelia. This is anti-punk, but it started off as punk, but they just didn't sound like it. This is what led us to New Wave. Every 80s band owes everything to Unknown Pleasures and Joy Division. <laughs> yeah. Because the re- once Ian Curtis dies, everyone from Joy Division becomes the New Order. Mm-hmm. So New Order, Blue Monday, and every other Blue Order song or New Order song. Blue Order. Yeah. Eh. We've been talking for seventy five minutes. Yeah. Then we have another podcast to record. We sure do. Behind the curtain. Woo. None of that exists without this first album. And now does it sound like New Wave? No. It is still embedded in that kind of rock stuff, but it is gothy.
1: It is subtle. It is Well everything has to start somewhere. Neil Young is the godfather of grunge. Yeah. Right. Like these, just because you are the pioneers doesn't mean that what you do and what you instigate is going to sound exactly the same. But it is the start. It is the the foundation for which all this other music has been
0: looping guitars and space.
1: The atmospheric space of music is kind of that hollow sound. Yeah. I mean, the. I never got into Joy Division, and I know you like them, but I just, I just. I remember when I did a My
0: music taste while we're discussing this makes me sound like I'm really sad.
1: <laughs> it's
0: like man, I love the smashing pumpkins and Night of Nails Division and Nine Joy Division. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. But this has got she's lost control and disorder and
1: Sure. Like it's I, I I am not in disagreement that it's not a good album. It's just it's not something I couldn't get into.
0: Yeah, and that's fair, but it does—it does lead to so, so much. Yeah. And so much stuff. Like I would say, there's probably no pretty hate machine without unknown pleasures.
1: Probably. I can certainly see the influence of Joy Division in, in Nine Inch Nails. Certainly.
0: So,
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess that's it. You, Mister and Miss Internet, are the lifeblood of our podcast, and we want to answer your questions or just have a good old chat. Do you want to talk to us on Twitter? I can be found at David Ron. That's Ron with two N's. Sean is at Sean Cord. That's Sean with the U. And we are at Guys from Podcast. You can email us at Guys from Podcast at gmail.com, Facebook us at The Guys from, or record your own terrific debut album and load it with all kinds of questions. They could be the, title, the titles of your songs, or they can be in your songs themselves, part of the lyrics. And we'll listen to them because we clearly like music. Clearly. Yep. And we like amazing breakthrough albums that aren't crappy pop music i don't think do you have
0: any crappy pop music on yours
1: uh what do you mean by crappy pop music know, like hansen no okay Although, debut album come on i did hear oombop today and i was like ah oh, this song is so good you have
0: to admit that you still love oombop
1: I, I didn't like it when it came out anyway we'll answer your question
0: If you enjoy our rambly podcast, tell anyone you can, any way you can, and the best thing you can do to help us get the word out there is to leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, where you can find all of these amazing albums we've been talking about. It's like cross-promotion that we don't get paid for. We are available pretty much everywhere podcasts are found, including Player FM, Podbean, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, you name it, we're probably there. Hey Dave, is there anything you wanted to plug?
1: I've been talking about music all day, so I'm just going to toss another album out there. You should go and listen to Portishead's Live at the Roseland. Hmm. Uh, Kind of a weird, psychedelic electronica sort of sound. Uh, Beth Orton's got a great voice though and it's just, it's a live album and it's just it's phenomenal. You get all the great Portishead songs but kind of a live version of it. It's totally worth the listen. John.
0: On our website, www.theguysfrom.com, aside from hosting this half-grunge podcast, we also write articles on things like music. That's indie music every day, throwback tracks every Thursday, gaming, movies, you name it, we probably write about it.
1: Special thanks to the Swedes for our terrific opening music. Check them out at www.weirdthesweeds.com. Remember
0: that second thing that you say where it's like, wow, where can Uh, I find all that again? And then I continue doing stuff? I know, because Jeremy doesn't say that. I just blow through it.
1: Wow, where can I find that again? (laughs) (laughs)
0: www.theguysfrom.com.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Dave's gone for a week and just totally misses it. Head to iHorror.com for all of your horror news, interview, and review needs. And also, as we've been pitching albums the whole time, as it is, I talk about Bleachers all the time, but check out Strange Desires, the first album by Bleachers. It's pretty wonderful. There's a new one coming out this June, and if that sort of. Strange, intellectual, pop, rock, rock, alt stuff Isn't really your bag Listen to one of the other things we talked about today I am almost positive you haven't heard every album mentioned
1: Now can I now Na- can I now, it? Now you go Special thanks to The Sweets for our terrific opening music Check them out at Com. And also, special thanks to Kevin MacLeod For our ad music uh, called Overcast And our takeout music called Fearless First He's at encampatech.com, and R.I.P. Chris Cornell. I we brought it up earlier. I just I felt like it, bared repeating.
0: Fair enough. This has been episode 169 of the Guys from Podcast.
1: <laughs>
0: Thanks for listening once again. I'm Sean
1: <laughs> and I'm Dave. Have a great week, everybody.
0: The Guys from Podcast is brought to you in part by nothing. Nothing like not telling Dave what I'm going to say at the end of the podcast to throw him for a loop. So as we said during the podcast, we were just going to talk about, and by talk about, I mean list some of the albums that we didn't get to, but that we uh, had on our lists. Did you? How many do you have left? Two. Awesome. I mean,
1: three if you can count STP Core, which we never talked about. So
0: you didn't mention it. So
1: two. Sweet. I um, think you should just try and do all yours in one breath, and then I'll do my two. <laughs>
0: I don't think I can. Some of these are super long. Yeah, some
1: of the titles are st- stupid long.
0: Uh Black Sabbath by Black Sabbath, basically inventing heavy metal. Licensed to Ill. We didn't talk about Beastie Boys at all. Lungs by Florence and the Machine. Don't really think about that, but it's a great, it's, great
1: album. Well, because all of the ones were old stuff. Like yeah. Mumford was the only really new one that I put out, and that's the thing is like we talked about a bunch of old stuff, but Florence is awesome. Yeah, yeah.
0: The Fame by Lady Gaga say what you will but she basically remade pop music for the last decade yep. with that album introducing DJ Shadow yep. here's Little Richard by Little Richard woo <laughs> perfect uh, The Who sings My Generation The Who Good Kid Mad City Kendrick Lamar's amazing showing us what he can do album Cindy Lopper's She's So Unusual I mean come
1: well, say on say what now. you want but it's Sea
0: And it held up. And yep. she's won a Tony for writing other right. songs. Exactly. she's just fun. Boston by Boston. Yeah. Right? Right. Weezer by Weezer. Ugh. I, we just didn't have time for Weezer, which is so sad. Three Feet High and Rising by De La Soul. Whatever People Say I Am, That's What I'm Not by Arctic Monkeys. We could talk about Van Halen's Van Halen specifically because that does have Eruption on it, which I did mention. The College Dropout, Kanye West, Before He Was Crazy, Please, Please, please Me. We never mentioned The Beatles, but The Beatles were basically The Beatles in the yeah. first album.
1: And you, neither of us are huge Beatles guys.
0: No, but I do like I Saw Her Standing There. Sure. That's one of my favorite Beatles songs, yeah. and that is that album. So and it's,
1: it's really good. I just, it's, well, I don't know a lot of the album, but I mean, there are great songs on there. I just, we're not Beatles guys. Yep.
0: Oh, and The, the Bones of What You Believe by Churches. I think that's one of the best electro pop albums oh. of probably the last 20 years. So.
1: Cool. Um, what do you got? Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin, and Foo Fighters, Foo Fighters.
0: All right.